Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here. Still basking in the glory of a blowout game two win. The Bucks lead the Heat two games to zero. They took care of business. Still a long way to go in this series. But as far as the straight-up results go through two games, it's been a pleasing start for the Milwaukee Bucks. There's no doubt about that. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me at... This week, or it's going to be next week now, uh, to get in on the action locker room, changing the way we talk about sports. And I say next week because we are live. We're live on the locker room app. I've been experimenting with different times that seem to work for those in the US and seeing if we can uh, get more people in on the chat. But again, if you are someone who hasn't downloaded the locker room app yet or you haven't experienced this, then definitely jump in. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we've got people in the chat room now. Uh, people are going to jump on the show and, and ask questions as well. So I believe you can get it on Android, not just iOS now as well. So make sure you check it out. Uh, these podcasts are a lot of fun. So as I mentioned, the Bucks 132.98 over the heat yesterday. The series now goes to Miami. And as I pointed out, you're going to have double the fans in the arena in Miami. So... It's going to be no joke, the atmosphere down there, particularly if Miami get off to a good start. So I mentioned to a couple of friends yesterday that I said, I think Arrogant Bucks Twitter is back for the first time in two years. And I loved it. But I'm a little more cautious with uh, with the way this series is going to play out. I want to see how game three goes. I want to see how game four goes here on the road because the Bucks. I don't think it was a huge shock that they blew out this game too. It felt like the pressure was released from game one. You pick up the win and then you break away. But uh, look, we've, we've seen it before. You've got to go and take care of business on the road now and, and ensure that you at least split these games. You don't want to be coming back to Milwaukee for game five uh, locked at two because then all of a sudden uh, the pressure um, swings, swings once again. So let's jump straight into... The chat room, and speaking of the crowd, Tyler Menno says uh, the crowd at the Deer District was absolutely insane. Had a ton of fun yesterday. Very possible it was louder than insert fi- inside Fiserv. And, you know, I, I find that interesting because I was watching on the TNT broadcast yesterday. And uh, shout out to Kevin Harlan, who is a legend, by the way. But you could tell that it was loud. But again, TNT, for some reason... For some reason, TNT still can't figure out how to have the arena noise and the announcers, even though they're not in the arena, uh, pumped up. So you could tell it was super loud, but you didn't get a real feel for it. So that was a little bit of the shame. Let's go to some of the questions. Nick Levin, if you're Spolster, what changes are you making to try and make this series more competitive? How can the Bucks counter that? So... <clears throat> It's fascinating to me because 
uh, I'm looking at these two teams and I'm looking at the lineups that they put out there and even the rotation, the guys they bring off the bench. And I kind of hinted to this a little bit yesterday when I spoke about the fact that the Bucks rotation and it, it they just look like they're more physical. They look like they're a, they're a hardened team. But I just look at these two teams and Miami, if you take away the mental aspect of what we were all concerned about at the start, Miami just looked completely outmatched all over the floor, offensively, defensively. It looks like the Bucks have a mismatch at every single turn. So what I do expect is that I think that you're going to see Dragic come into the starting lineup for Kendrick Nunn. Uh, look, you haven't got a lot out of Kendrick Nunn. He's one of the only guys in the starting lineup, uh, along with Duncan, Duncan Robinson, although he doesn't dribble the ball so much. So Kendrick Nunn is probably really the only guy that can dribble the ball and hurt you from the perimeter. But I think if you're the Bucks, you're like, okay, well, Kendrick Nunn, we're not really that worried about you. We're worried about Jimmy, we're worried about Bam, and we're worried about Duncan Robinson shooting. But we're not going to get too too scared or too carried away with what Kendrick Nunn's doing. So I think if you put Goran Dragic in there, I think it changes the calculus a little bit. Now, Dragic only played 24 minutes yesterday. We know he started last year in the postseason and was such a huge factor for the Heat. So I, I do expect that the main change that the Heat are going to make I think Dragic is going to come into the starting lineup. So uh, that's the main change I make. But in terms of what else they can do, I'm just not seeing a lot outside of Bam Adebayo, as we spoke about a lot on yesterday's podcast. He needs to he needs to get his head out of his ass. I mean, it, this guy is not taking advantage of the drop coverage that he's seen with Brook Lopez. He's not shooting those mid-range jumpers that are handed to him on a platter all night long. So... I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't see a lot of changes that the Heat can make. I think putting Dragic in there and trying to put more pressure on the Bucks and pick and roll coverage is going to be a factor because at the moment with Jimmy Butler out there and he's not shooting threes and the Bucks don't really care if he shoots threes. If you can go under on all the screens, whether it's Bam and Jimmy, then I think that you're putting yourself at a fault right from tip off. So if you put Dragic in there, it does put a little bit more pressure on the Bucks. So. That would be the one guess that would that I would have. Uh, Positive Bucks says Heat fans have been wanting to run this new starting lineup with Deadman at center and Bam at PF. How could Deadman in the starting lineup change things? I don't think a lot because again, if you put Deadman in the starting lineup, I assume you're probably taking out. Well, I I actually don't know who you're taking out if you put Deadman in there. But again, then you have three guys in the lineup that you don't have to care about outside the perimeter. Now, I know Deadman hit a three yesterday, but <laughs> listen, as the TNT broadcast was saying yesterday, if Deadman is going to be your leading scorer, then that indicates that you're in serious trouble. No offense to him. So I, I the, the idea would be that defensively, perhaps you have bigger bodies there that you can slow the Bucks down. But uh, I just don't really care. I mean, I, I feel like the Bucks would, would enjoy it if Bam and Deadman were in the starting lineup. I don't think there's enough offensive versatility there. So I saw a little bit of that. I saw Deadman after the game was talking it up, saying, yeah, me and Bam want to play together. He just wants to get on the floor, let's be honest. Dwayne Deadman just wants to play. He was 8 for 11 in game two. He had 19 points. He was good. 
He was one of their better players. There's no doubt about that. He was one of the other better players, one of their only players that actually had a crack as well. So let's see what else we've got in the chat here. Uh, Thomas says, if the Bucks lose in game three, will you and Frank go on a Twitter rampage against the Miami Heat fans using the Locked On Bucks Twitter account? Well, i got to tell you this, actually. It's not actually going to be possible because I, I don't know what happened. And I've been trying to get back into it for a long time. But I haven't been able to get into the Lockdown Bucks account for months. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Twitter won't let me back in. I can't figure out the password. I don't think Frank knows the password. So that's why I've been going everything off my own account. But you guys know. And listen, I, I got tagged in a lot of tweets last night and still am to this day. The chat room, you guys aren't even giving me talks about the game last night. All you're talking about is the is the Locked On Heat account. Listen, the one thing I'll say as far as the, that account goes, I've already seen a number of Bucks fans say that they were going to tune into the podcast, the next podcast. So maybe that's the desired result. I don't know. But you guys know me. You've listened to me for multiple years. When the Bucks lose and they get embarrassed like they did last year against Miami, the podcast we did after Game Three was, uh, from the feedback I've got, was one of the, one of the better ones we've done because it wasn't about Miami; it was about the Bucks and the fact that they blew it. What they needed to do moving forward, and I'm always going to be the type of person that's going to look at the Bucks. I, I'm not interested in any Twitter feuds. Um, I'm too old. I'm too old. Frank is definitely too old, but I'm I'm still too old uh, myself as well. So uh, I've seen it. I'm aware of it. A little bit surprised because my guy, he was, I thought it was a great pod. I thought it was a great preview pod that we did last week. But like I said, Arrogant Bucks Twitter is back. I think some of you maybe are going a little bit too early, but, but I also love it. So listen, when you win in playoff games, that's when you have the chance to brag. Uh, listen, Bucks fans, Heat he fans can say whatever the hell they want, but Bucks fans understand that there was pictures of Giannis in a Heat jersey nonstop for two years straight. There was lots of shit talking. So get it in while you can. That's what I say. So shout out to you guys. Um, but I'm not going to get involved in that stuff. That's 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 not my style. I can't get involved in that type of stuff. Uh, for those that aren't with us today, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Locker Room. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting... Uh, rooms for the for Locked On Bucks once a week, sorry. And you can finally join in on the conversation with me. Locker Room is perfect place to start the or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Be sure to join me next week if you've missed out on this one. I'll be hosting a uh, room on a on an off day for the Bucks. So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices and Android. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest updates. Follow Kane Pittman to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss out on that. Uh, catch you next week. This is Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. I'm going to have a drink here. Starting to, my voice is starting to run out. There's been a lot of podcasting lately. Let's keep it rolling here. We've got our first speaker request, and I've seen a number of comments in the chat uh, talking about Bud. So I'm going to get to Bud for sure. I think 
you know, quite honestly, it's been an impressive start to the series for Bud. So I'm going to point out a couple of things that I've noticed. Uh, you guys are in the chat, which I love. But let's go to Positive Bucks here. Who wants to jump online? Hey, again, Kane. Um, uh, thinking back to last game and even uh, rewatching it, there were a lot of very physical uh, and some could even say dirty plays, uh, specifically towards Giannis and Chris and our stars. Um, but we saw that Giannis didn't even care. At one point, he even started juggling the soccer ball or the, the basketball like a soccer ball, um, uh, seemingly to probably try and cool himself off. Um, how important is that that he keeps his composure in those moments? And uh, how does P.J. Tucker and Bobby Portis let him keep that composure? Yeah, listen, I mean, this is this is a good observation, first of all. It was certainly something we briefly touched on at the end of the podcast yesterday. But, uh, you know, when it comes to playoff series, the, the thing is that you can blow out teams, and we've seen the Bucks blow out teams before, but it doesn't necessarily carry on to the next game. So ensuring that you finish the game on the right note, ensuring that you don't show any signs of cracking to the opposition, I think is vital now. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that Miami went out in the third quarter and that was the the team's plan to play physical and to try and get in the face of the Bucks. I'm not saying that that was any directive that they had. I think it's more likely that it was just frustration. And when it comes to a player like Goran Dragic, I think it's just Goran Dragic being Goran Dragic. I mean, that's what he does. We've seen it time and time again with the Bucks and Heat over the last couple of years. We've seen it over the course of his career. The guy is 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 a dirty player. I, I've got no problem with saying that. He does a, a number of you know, bullshit plays, quite frankly, that can hurt the opposition. And the fact he did sort of locked up Chris Middleton's leg like that was no surprise to me. That's just Dragic. But Trevor Ariza, definitely, I think it was a mix of frustration plus a veteran trying to see, let's see if we can get a reaction out of Giannis. Let's see if we can cause him to do something that he wouldn't normally do. I think Giannis deserves a lot of credit because I think that he's grown up. I think he's gotten better over the last year at handling those situations. I think... Part of it is himself and the changed attitude that he's had this year. But I think the point you make about the other guys on the team also uh, is is really valid because I do think adding Drew and adding PJ Tucker and adding Bobby Portis, you know, I tweeted about it, but it seemed that the Bucks welcomed the physicality with a smile, you know, and that's not something we've seen from this Bucks team before. So I do think it was a little bit of a test from the Heat to see how the Bucks would respond. And I think if you're a team that's getting absolutely busted up on the court and then you try these little tactics to see if you can get the Bucks to crack and they look at you and smile and they give you absolutely no reaction, that's going to be pretty deflating for the Heat. So I thought it was great to see. And quite frankly, I don't think it's what we would have seen from this Bucks team last year. Uh, Justin Wills is with us, a regular listener, a guy I interact with on Twitter a lot. What do you got, Justin? So I just want to – I think Bucks uh, fan base is finally ready uh, for a conversation on Coach Bud that's positive um, rather than what we're typically used to around Budenholzer. Um, so I just, I just wanted to speak on some of the things I've seen this series um, from Budenholzer and the adjustments he's, he's made, um, and then you can kind of take it from there. Um, the first one, I mean, Zora touched on it to start the season, was the focus on offensive rebounding, especially from the guards. And Dante hasn't provided a lot on the offensive end, but from the rebounding standpoint, I think it's been a huge lift and even Bryn Forbes offensive rebounding um, and, and Connington always uh, matching the rotation of Drew. Eric name touched on this uh, to, to match up with Dragic to kind of take away what Dragic can do for the heat and the starters minutes in general, in general, just being 
really increased closer to 40 minutes for each of the main three. Uh, what he's done to break down the wall, um, Brooke is the trailer rather than just kind of hanging out on the three-point line. Brooke coming into that dunker spot takes the three-man wall down to a two-man wall. I think that's been big to get Giannis going. And Giannis, a lot of action off the ball, screen and roll um, to get a lot of easy dunks, which we've never seen Giannis be able to do against the Heat defense. And then the big one is is putting Giannis on Jimmy. And putting Giannis on guards and, and excellent wing players is something we've talked about for a long time. And, and the big criticism has always been that, well, Giannis can't get over screens. Giannis, Giannis is slow to get around screens. And he is, but he's also really long. So even when Jimmy gets that step, he's not rising up to shoot because Giannis can easily contest it from behind. And, and Giannis on the main wing player has completely unlocked this defense. And, and Spolst just tried a couple of things to get the Bucks to go away from that. Um, the first thing he tried uh, that he wanted to do in this game was get to second and third actions on offense. And Budenholzer, from the get-go, decided to full-court press the entire game to slow down their offense to where they couldn't do that. And then Spolster tried to go with a twin tower lineup. He figured that if he puts Deadman and Bam in the game, that Giannis is going to have to guard one of them and finally release Jimmy. Um, and Bud just put Pat Connington on Deadman. He even had Bryn Forbes on Deadman at one point. Um, so, so Bud has completely owned this series. I think it's one of the best coaching jobs I've seen in the playoffs so far. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, and even the defensive assignments coming out of timeouts, he flips it around so much. Like, when there's a timeout, instead of Giannis on Jimmy, it'll be Drew or it'll be Chris. Um, so Spolster has no idea what to do coming out of a timeout even. Uh, just wanted you to speak more on, on what you've thought of Coach Bud uh, in the playoffs so far. Yeah, I think some really good observations there. There's a couple of things that stood out to me in Game 2 in particular, but I think in general – when you are in a series, and particularly when you're in a series against a coach like Eric Spolster, you have to be on the front foot at all times. Now, if you're winning the games, then it certainly helps. But I think that we saw a pretty impressive coaching performance in game one as well. So I don't necessarily think this was just a result of the Bucks blowing out the heat in game two. And I do think that we absolutely need to acknowledge that the personnel has changed. I mean, when you talk about Giannis guarding Jimmy, first of all, it's a pretty good matchup for Giannis on the wing. You do have concern about foul trouble. We've spoke about that a lot. But when you talk about going under screens, Jimmy's obviously a guy that you can do it against. Now, I saw some talk about Kawhi yesterday on Twitter, and and a big problem with that is that Kawhi is just going to step back and knock down the three at a high percentage. So it does change the calculus a little bit. So in many respects, Jimmy Butler is a guy that you feel pretty comfortable with out on the perimeter, defending him and going under those screens. Now, you could argue that he probably should have done it last year as well, but I think that last year was such a different situation because the Bucs just weren't doing the things defensively that they're doing this year, and they also didn't have the personnel to be able to do the things that they're doing this year, and I think those go hand in hand. It's not to say that Bud shouldn't have tried more things last year because he absolutely should have. We all agree on that, but the personnel this year certainly makes it easier. We've seen them experiment all season long, so Bud being on the front foot and Bud not wilting to the changes that Spolster makes and seemingly being a step ahead, I've been, and everyone knows, people say I'm too optimistic. I've been pretty optimistic about Bud this year and been impressed with what he's been able to do uh, through two games. I remain that way. Uh, I think that what they've prepared for during the regular season and all the words they've spoken, I think they've come true through only two games. 
So there's a long way to go here, and there's a lot that can go wrong. But a couple of things that stood out to me in the game yesterday in terms of how you adjust from game to game as well, because it's not just about coming in and making changes or making adjustments. You have to do it game to game to game. It's not just one game. And I think we saw Goran Dragic get off the chain a little bit in game one. And in game two, there was one possession. And I actually just recorded this one on my phone and watching on TV and put it on Twitter. But there was a situation where there was a dribble handoff in the left corner right in front of the Bucks bench. And Jimmy Butler handed the ball off to Dragic. And he took one dribble, bent his knees, picked up his dribble because he thought he was going to have a wide open corner three. And then as soon as he, he looked down, took the dribble, looked up, and he had the seven-foot Giannis all up in his face and he had absolutely nowhere to go. He didn't see those looks in game one. The Bucks clearly looked at the film and said, okay, what are the Heat going to do in these dribble handoff situations? Who are the players we can't afford to give any space out on the perimeter? Now, you can argue that they should have known that already, but just little things like that we simply did not see ever last year, not once. So that stood out to me. As far as the rotations go, you mentioned playing the starters a lot more. Obviously, we all love that. Obviously, that's a pretty simple change to make, but I thought there was an interesting rotation early in the first quarter. Or probably late in the first quarter, actually. So Bud wanted to get P.J. Tucker into the game. At the time, he had Pat Connaughton in the game as well. Bryn Forbes is going absolutely berserk. So he gets Forbes out to put Tucker into the game. But he tells Bryn Forbes, stay at the scorer's table. You're hot. You're staying in this game. Now, that normally wouldn't have been the case. Forbes would have just gone to the bench. But he said, listen, we just need a couple of possessions. Want to get P.J. Tucker in the game. Stay here. You're hot. You're staying back out on the floor. And then the the kind of the funny thing about it is that he ended up replacing Pat Connaughton, who in those three possession in those three possessions uh, hit two threes of his own. So that was kind of just the way the first quarter went. But I like the fact that Bud was just like, you know what? Fuck the rotations. Brent Forbes is on fire. He's hot. I'm going to get you straight back in the game. So I thought that that was it was important to get PJ Tucker in the game for sure. But keep Forbes out there. But you can mix and match these lineups. You're feeling comfortable. You have the lead. Ride the hot hand. Uh, I like the fact that he did that in that game. So that was just a couple of little things there that I thought um, I really enjoyed. And then everyone's spoken about it, but I think the fact that the Bucks are still playing drop with Brooke Lopez, which you can get away with, uh, of course, because you have Bam Adebayo there, but then also switching across the other four positions, I think uh, that's been awesome. So just some Zora love in the chat. When are the Bucks going to announce Zora as the announcer for the next season? Uh, yeah, I mean, Zora is just a star. I, I you know, I mentioned I watched the TNT broadcast yesterday, and I did, and sometimes it's just easier to do over here in Australia. But, man, we are so lucky. We are so lucky to have Jim and Marcus and Zora on these broadcasts. And, you know, they might only have a couple of games left. And so I can tell you for damn sure these next two games and three or four, whatever it is in this series, I'll be watching uh, the local broadcast, because Jim, as we know, the local broadcasts don't go after the first round. So, uh, you know, yeah, shout out to Jim once again. Uh, Thomas, who I'm I'm going to get to you. I know you want to speak. You've got a question that you're going to bring on, but you said, is Dallavadova Del- invited to the championship parade? I would hope so. Myself and Dally should be invited to this championship parade. Come on. Uh, let's be real about this. But I'm going to get to Thomas after the break. We've got plenty of people in the chat running through. So we've still got some time to roll here on this show, but it's built by time. And I've said this, you guys 
Uh, I'm telling you, you guys are getting behind the Bill Bar. I'm seeing you put the tweets up. I'm seeing you get excited about the Bill Bar. And maybe you have a lucky flavor. Maybe you have a lucky Bill Bar flavor as well, which is, uh, you know, something to look forward to as the playoffs roll on. There's nine delicious flavors right now. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie. I can keep going down the list. If you know which flavor is your favorite, let me know on Twitter. Let me know in the chat right now. There's only 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So they're healthy for you, which is the best part about it. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And then jump across to BetOnline.ag. Uh, our fabulous sponsors of the podcast. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether it's NBA, baseball. I saw the Brewers were playing at the same time of uh, as the Bucks yesterday. I don't understand how anyone could possibly care about the Brewers when there's a Bucks playoff game on. I think Pat Connaughton hit as many threes as the Brewers scored runs. I think Brent Forbes hit more threes than the Brewers scored runs. But nonetheless, before the next pitch, Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED15. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, as we keep rolling here, Eric Madsen says, all the coconut flavors hit with Built Bar. There's no doubt about that. Positive Bucks says the Bucks came in at minus 1.5 for Thursday's game in Miami. So pretty tight line there. I think that makes sense on the home floor of the Heat. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Mike Schulz says, how many minutes will Jordan Wara get in the first round? Well, I think if you're, I mean, I mentioned this to a friend. I texted this to a friend. But they said, I can't believe the lineup we have in right now at the end of the game where it was Merrill Tupan, uh, Elijah Bryant, Jordan Wara, and uh, Diakite out there. And I said, yeah, well, typically if you're watching a playoff game, you know that if you're going to have that lineup, it's a blowout. You just hope for the best. So look, Jordan Wara, I don't think he's going to play meaningful minutes in this game. I, I, think, I think that's fine. He's not. I, I think that he's shown enough this year that everyone's going to be pretty excited about what he's going to be able to bring in the future. And let's be honest, some of these Bucks players that are being playing really important roles right now, we don't know if they're going to be back next year. I mean, they're playing so well. When you look at a guy like Bobby Portis all season long, we spoke about him. So who knows where the rust is going to be at next year. Jordan War is an exciting player for the future. He's shown enough to suggest that he is an NBA player. I just don't think that he's going to get minutes in this postseason, and that's totally fine. Perhaps there's a game where the Bucks need a spark. Perhaps there's a game where they're not shooting the three well and Bud throws him out there. But I, I don't have any great expectation, expectations that he's going to be out there. Uh, Justin Will says Bucks haven't got a favorable whistle game yet, and that may not happen. Look, I think everyone was a little bit concerned when Mark Davis was on the call. It's certainly fascinating in a game where the Bucks won by 34 points that they were minus 15 in free throw attempts. Giannis only had seven free throw attempts. Chris Middleton, only six. And then none for Dante, none for Drew, none for um, most of the bench guys there. So 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a little bit surprising. The Bucks again, uh, points in the paint. Uh, they they won the count, but only 46 to 44. So the Heat were trying to do a lot of their damage inside, but uh, it, it hasn't been the case so far. Yeah, we had a comment earlier on in the show about, and I, I think, again, this came back to Bud and the way that he's been coaching, but using Giannis in different ways. It's the endless conversation that we always discuss. We always talk about how to use Giannis in different ways, how you can get him involved in the offense. I mentioned this on yesterday's show, but I did think that, or I did have a little bit of concern that the Heat were going to eventually come back into this game. We see it a lot in playoff basketball. You run up a big lead, the team comes back, and things get a little bit anxious in the building. Early in the second quarter, the Bucks, the threes weren't falling as freely as they were. Let's say that in the first quarter. The Heat started to get a couple of buckets, and I was thinking to myself, well, okay, here we go. This is probably going to be a 14-point game at halftime. And the Bucks got back-to-back baskets on back-to-back possessions. The first one was Giannis rolling to the hoop in a pick-and-roll scenario. Uh, he was able to get the dump-off pass, easy dunk. Next possession, again, sets a screen, rolls to the basket, Middleton, alley-oop, dunk. And I just thought that that was indicative of how the Bucks are going to be able to work through offensive struggles that they're going to have this this season or this postseason when they're not scoring, give the ball to Chris, give the ball to Drew, and get Giannis rolling to the rim without the ball. That's how you can open up some stuff, and we've seen it before. Just by Giannis rolling to the rim, you know that you're collapsing the entire defense. So if he is covered by three men, which is something we've come used to seeing, you're going to have an open shooter on the outside. And Andy Nelson was in the chat a little bit earlier. I wanted to get back to this one. He said, can we show Bryn Forbes some love? Yeah, look, I mean, I, look, we, we spoke about Bryn yesterday. There's no doubt about that. And again, I could have easily said we're going to get a Bryn Forbes game. I think that anyone that's watched the Bucks this season knew that a Bryn Forbes game was going to come because he seemed to have one of these games every five or six all season long. He's generally been a pretty consistent shooter, but then he's been an absolute flamethrower on occasions all season long to the point where this wasn't a surprise. We've had question marks all year long about what you can do defensively with these guys, and I don't think from what we've seen it's going to show up in this series because I'm not sure that Miami actually have the offensive firepower. Again, if if the Bucks move through to the second round, then it, it, you're going to have some issues with some of these guys in the lineup. There's no doubt about that because Brooklyn just present a challenge that really no one else presents in the, in the league. But in this series, Bryn Forbes defensively, Look, you can't accuse Bryn Forbes of not trying defensively. Like Sometimes you have bad defenders, and I was watching Brooklyn-Boston game one last week and looking at Jabari Parker. I mean, this guy is still absolutely clueless. He just stands there flat-footed pointing. He's just pointing at people. Like, you go there, or you go there. Oh, my guy's already cut to the basket, and now he's getting an open layup? Okay, That's, sorry, I was pointing. I was, I was trying to communicate. That's what Jabari Parker does. Bryn Forbes doesn't do that. He's physical, he's tenacious, he's just small, and he's just not that quick, uh, uh, you know, left and right athletically. So it hurts him a little bit, but he certainly has effort, and in this series, effort is all you're going to have to uh, need from him. So as much as we talk about the shooting, credit to him for being playable on the other end as well. And uh, look, maybe we get another Bryn Forbes game. I mean, hell, we would take one on the road here if the Bucks can come home with at least one of these games over the next two. I'll take another Bryn Forbes game. Uh, that's for damn sure. 
Uh, just as I'm looking to wrap this up, Sam Money says Giannis really should go quicker on the free throws. Even Barkley feels it's messing him up and uh, will be even worse on the road. Look, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. How many times has Giannis changed his free throw routine? How many times has it actually helped him? I don't know. He shot pretty well during the regular season or as well as you could probably hope for him to do up over 70% for most of the last few months of the season. We've gotten to the postseason. It hasn't been great. He was six for seven yesterday, but again, there was no pressure on him yesterday. So to me, that's where the question lies. All regular season, I've said, okay, sure, you're shooting the ball pretty well. Let's see when you're under pressure. And he failed in game one. Uh, you know, it's harsh, but this is where we judge a player like Giannis, and he failed in game one at the free throw line. So uh, we'll see uh, what he does when the Bucks inevitably find themselves in another tough position. And I agree with it. I mean, that was at home that that happened. Perhaps there's more pressure at home with the crowd and he feels the anxiety. I'm not 100% sure, uh, but we'll see moving forward. Hey, shout out to all you guys for jumping on here. I didn't exactly give you guys a lot of notice. Um, perhaps this is a good time for you guys to be doing these live pods, but I'm going to be doing it on off days, one a week, uh, because they're a lot of fun. I love doing this uh, with you guys. You guys jump in the chat room. You guys give me the content. There's no planning required. That's what I love about it the most. But uh, we've got another day off tomorrow, and then we're going to lead into game three. So make sure you still check out the feed tomorrow because there will be another podcast there. But for now, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to everyone listening on the usual podcast feed. And don't forget to get the Locker Room app if you have enjoyed this type of content and you want to get involved next time. Uh, you are absolutely welcome to. I appreciate all you guys. You guys make the show. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.